0: Welcome to Seeking God, Loving Others, where I share tips and encouragement for practical Christian living. Over the years, I've seen too many followers of Christ struggle in the basic day-to-day application of God's Word. Instead of prosperity, peace, and health, many have settled for a life of debt, doubt, and disease. My desire is to help equip you with the tools for living the abundant life God has for you every single day. I'm your host, Jasmine Lozano, so grab a cup of coffee or maybe clean out your junk drawer as you join me for a great conversation. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you've been doing well. I really am trying to work on being consistent and getting everything together. And so um, it is Monday. It's late Monday, but it is nonetheless Monday. I am pulling up the blog right now for the week um, so that we could talk a little bit more about this week's blog. This week, I wrote a blog called Go and Make, Not Come and Take, and I hope y'all like that title. You know, I I thought it was kind of cute, but um, I was thinking, I've been thinking about this really for a while. Um, You know, evangelism has always been something that is near and dear to my heart and not so much like go knock on doors hey what are you doing type and i'm not there's nothing wrong with that but just being a um being a person that's very uh conscious of people's eternal (laughs) security like when i i remember it was years ago and when i lived in houston and i was at the mall and the elevators were set up not the elevators the escalators were set up right next to each other and i remember just seeing people go up and seeing people come down You know, it's like they're going up and down at the same time. And I just, I kind of started to tear up because I'm like that, that is what it's like every day people leave this earth and they're, you know, I know heaven's not up and, um, you know, we don't know exactly where heaven is, you know, and I'm not saying hell's down, but you know, like that's what we think of, but it made me think of, you know, there's people that are leaving this world every day and they're going to one or two places. And, um, and so that's something that stays at the forefront of my mind and so I've been thinking about it a little bit more lately and I was, um, I talked about it yesterday on my Facebook live. There's a, a verse, um, a scripture in Jude and I'm going to open my Bible. Y'all might hear like a lot of like page turning and all that stuff. Cause like I still have, I still use like my regular Bible, but, um, <laughs> Jude, Jude is a very, uh, short book of the Bible. It's right before revelation and, um, it's verse 22 and 23. It says, be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. And when I think of this verse, like I just, I, w- I was talking on Facebook yesterday and I was like, I think it's in Jude. And, and it was, but we're supposed to snatch people from the fire. You know, like when you, if you see someone that is on fire, um, most of us would do everything we can to help put that fire out. We would, we would do all that we could to help uh, make sure that they were safe. We wouldn't be, you know, talking to them, you know, hey, you know, how'd this fire get started? You know, you, you, oh, with matches? Well, you shouldn't have been playing with matches because now you're on fire. No, we, would, we wouldn't even take the time to figure out the ins and outs, why they are in the position they're in. We would just begin to help. And so I thought about that, you know, when we think of non-believers and we think of um, the people that we know that don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, like our attitude should be that we just we want to snatch them from the fire, you know Jude said that we, and we should we should be merciful to those who doubt, and I hear even Christians sometimes just speak so negatively about people who aren't saved, we call them all kinds of names and heathens and all that and I mean I know the you know the Bible talks about heathens and all that, but I, I mean like just to call someone you know they're they're stupid or or they just don't they're this and they're that when you know we're supposed to show mercy to them and and I think about when Jesus was teaching the people the bible said he looked at the people and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd so i i really i don't believe that god looks at unbelievers as look at these sinners just out here i mean if he did he would jesus wouldn't have died for us you don't die for people that you don't like or that you can't stand you die for people that you love and and the Bible tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so my mind has really just been on the, the people who are unsaved and and really, um, how can I personally go about living the Great Commission in a greater way? And it's not, you know, a lot of times we wanna point fingers and say, well, the church should this and the church, you know, I'm the church. So what can I personally do to to live the Great Commission? And I was talking about how, you know, we, we should be merciful to people who are not believers and 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 we should be trying to snatch them from the fire. Um, I was reading in Second Peter. I think I told I was talking about in the Facebook Live how I I like to scripture journal. So I just write down the Bible like every day. Um, you know, I miss it a few days here and there, but um, I'm trying to become real consistent. Um, but every day I, I sit down with the Bible and. I'm writing different books of the Bible. Um I'm I'm actually writing from the shortest book to the longest books. So that way I can get a lot done <laughs> to begin with. And so I just finished writing the book of Second Peter. In Second Peter three nine, um, it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand, slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So when I hear people say things like, you know, um, you know, God is you know, God's just, he's got something for them. Yeah, he does got something for them. He has salvation. He doesn't want anybody to perish. It's not God's desire to throw a bunch of people in hell. God made hell for the devil and for those angels that rebelled. Hell wasn't made for us. But if we, we don't have that relationship with God and we choose to live in opposition to God, that's where we're going to go. But it's not his desire for us to go there. First Timothy two four says the same thing. It says, um, God, our Savior who wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. You know, so, and if, and if, if that's God's desire, we always say, you know, I want to be more like you, God, I want to do your will. If I just knew what your will is, he told us his will, the last words of Jesus before, um, he was going up to heaven. And this is, uh, called the great commission. It's in the book of Matthew, Matthew. Um, I think it's chapter 28, verse 18. He talks about going and making disciples. And so that's where I came up, the place that I came from when I was writing this week's blog was um, just how we as individual believers and how we as a church can can really just refocus and how, how it's very necessary that we refocus our attention on going and making disciples. You know, I, I am the type of person I I talk to everyone. Like if you're at the gas station, if you're at the pump next to me, I'm going to say, Hey, I'm going to see how your day is going. I'm going to say something about the weather. Like I'm, I'm the queen of small talk. And, and I don't, I don't even just do it just because I just want to talk to people. I usually want to kind of use it as a way for me to introduce Jesus to them. I'm not even lying. Like every time I see someone one of the first thoughts in my mind before I even consider like, "Oh, what shoes do they have on what kind of car are they driving?" is I wonder if they know Jesus like I wonder if this person that i 'm looking at, I wonder where they 're going when they die, and I think of I know that sounds morbid and i'm not trying to make it sound that way, but I do that 's what I think about anytime I see someone and so i I create small talk or I you know just just kindly go up to people and talk to them, you know if we 're in that in the vicinity to do that i 'm not like chasing anybody down in target to go talk to them but like if you know if we're standing in the line next to each other or they say something to me i always try to use that as an opportunity to share the love of jesus christ with them and and when i was at my church in houston um our pastor he had like you know i i can't call it anything other than like a near-death experience he, he had passed out and some things were going on and he had to be life um to a hospital to, to to the hospital and when he came back from uh recovering like like something changed at our church. He was very much focused on reaching the lost and making sure that we were being impactful in our community. He, I remember him very vividly. And he said, I don't know how many people would say this. He said, if all we're going to do is just come to church and sing some songs and go home, we can close, we can close down. Like we don't need a church if that's all we're going to do. You know, we, we need to be out there reaching the lost. And, um, and that, that really stirred something up in me, especially because I'm just I I'm not shy, so I don't really mind just going up to people and talking to them. And, and he had us practice this for, it was probably like over a year, but we practiced it almost every service. And he was saying, when we go up to someone, this is what I want you to say. And this is how we're going to ask God to use us in this church. And so the question was, if there was one thing that I could pray for you today, what would it be? You know, and, and for many people, just the idea of praying for someone else, um, just the idea of talking to someone at the grocery store or in the library is terrifying. But um when when we look at, you know, every person that we see is going somewhere at the end of their life, um, it, it makes this question seem more urgent. You know, and I find it interesting, you know, we as um not just Christians, but people have no problem telling you what they believe and what they think and what they agree with and what they don't and what what news station they listen to and why they listen to them and they have no problem, you know, telling every aspect of their life, but when it comes to sharing our faith, we can get very timid. And one reason for that is, you know, one Satan is already mad that you're saved, so he doesn't want you to to share the gospel with anybody. But also, we have to remember and be taught that we have a boldness within us that that when we need to go ministers to someone we have to trust that the holy spirit is already working on that person and there's a reason that we've we've come in contact with that person you know it's like we it's like when it when it comes to sharing the gospel we we kind of um we take the plan b and that's you know inviting them to church and and i'm not i'm not against inviting people to church we should invite them to church but i think oftentimes it kind of passes the buck onto like okay well if they just come to church pastor can talk to them about hell and all that stuff and then we can still be cool or you know like if it's a friend or something or you know but the problem is you know many people get invited to church but what if what if they don't come you know and then that opportunity to that opportunity if they're a stranger to share Christ is probably passed you know and i i think about my own experience i was invited to church like every week by one of my residents at the apartment complex i worked every week for 8 months Every week she would come in there and invite me. Hey, Jasmine, you should come to church. I see how short your skirt is. You need to get set. No, she wouldn't say that, but you know, she could tell like I wasn't living right. You know, so she, she just, she was very loving. Um, and I'm not holding this against her, but she, she never really, um, introduced Jesus to me. It did plant the seed though. So I'm not saying don't invite people to church, but one thing that we can do is invite them to Christ before we invite them to church, you know, because people are going to come up with an excuse. I came up with an excuse, you know, every time she would invite me, oh, I'm going to be busy this weekend. Oh, I got to work or whatever, whatever, you know, there's always going to be an excuse. But I find, I find that very rarely will someone turn down prayer. Very rarely will somebody say, no, don't pray for me. And in fact, no one that I've ever asked has said to me, you know, I don't want you to pray for me my you know or my life's perfect I don't need prayer no one that I have asked if there's one thing I could pray for you what would it be nobody has ever told me no and in fact like I I'm notorious for asking like at the grocery store because it's a good time like when you have all your groceries and they're scanning you know they don't have to really pay attention they're just scanning the stuff and um I talk to them while they're scanning. So it's not, I'm not holding up the line. I'm not doing all this. And like nine times out of 10, if I ask somebody at a grocery store or Walmart or something, if there's something I can pray for them, they're always like, pray, I get a new job. (laughs) So, um, so, and I'll pray for that too. If they want a new job, I'll pray for that. Um, I'll whisper it so their boss doesn't hear it and they get fired. Um, but, (laughs) but you know, nobody has ever turned me down. Um, you know, and in fact, um, I've asked people, I remember very specifically once I was in TJ Maxx and I was going to try on clothes and this girl, um, I asked her that question and she just started like bawling. And I was like, oh Lord, like I just came here to shop. (laughs) But no, I didn't just come in there to shop because one, I don't like shopping. So the Lord sent me in that store. And so once um, she kind of composed herself, I said, you know, what's going on? You know, I'm I'm happy to, to talk to you and pray with you. And she told me that her mom was getting ready to go into, um, um, have brain surgery and her boss would not let her take her break because she wanted to be able to call her mom. And so I ended up praying for her that one, that her boss would give her a favor and let her take a break so she could call her mom and be there for her. And I also prayed for the success of the surgery. And, she was just she was so grateful and I went in the dressing room after I prayed for her and I had a ton of stuff to try on because I think I was going out of town or something and by the time I came out she was like I want to thank you so much for praying for me my boss just came over and told me to take my break whenever I wanted it and I I just I'm so thankful that you came you know and, and I don't remember much more of the details I don't even know what the outcome of the situation was but I do know that God put me in that place to minister to her. And then I was able to ask her, you know, I'm sorry, the kids are screaming guys. Um, I was able to ask her, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? And she didn't. And I said, well, when you have that relationship with Jesus Christ, you have the availability to go directly to him whenever you need help. And I said, would you like to start one with him? And she said, you know, I'm okay. I've gone to church for, you know, and she, so she basically kind of said no, but I still had the opportunity to share the gospel message with her. So we don't know, you know, what God is going to do through our interactions with strangers or with our coworkers or with our friends, but we do know that um that God God's intent is that everyone would come to repentance. I mean, is that I'm not saying God's intent is not realistic. I'm not saying that, but is it real it's not realistic to think that every single person we pray for and every single person we introduce christ who's going to get saved but we know that when we do that we've we've at least made it available and we planted the seed we don't know who's next up in line to come in that person's life that that god has put there for that specific reason and you know i mentioned a great commission in matthew 2018 how jesus told us to go and make disciples Um, And so I looked up what, what is a commission? You know, we say the great commission, like, and and, you know, sometimes I don't know, I'm not ashamed to say, Hey, I don't, I don't know what this means. I don't know what, you know, and I'm, I'm very notorious for looking something up in the dictionary. And so I looked up the word commission and a commission is an authority to act for in behalf of, or in place of another. So Jesus basically told us, you know, I'm out, I'm going back home. I'm going to heaven where the streets are made of gold. I'm sorry, you got to stay here. But I'm going to give you the power and the ability and the anointing to do everything I was doing while I was here. So I want you to keep doing it because, you know, I'm, I'm one here on earth. I'm one man, you know, we don't have no cars, Like he didn't say all this guys, you know, this is obviously me, but he knew that the impact that we could have if individually each one of us that comes to Christ, we go and we bring others to, um, we bring others to, 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 to the knowledge of the life that he gives. You know, and so I I I went on a little rant in the blog, so I'm gonna skip that rant. But you know, I really believe that it's time for us to just begin to branch outside of the church, branch outside of events and activities and all these things. And I'm not saying not I'm not saying we don't do them because fellowship is a very important part of being at church. That's how you get connected. But we've really got to get serious about presenting the gospel to people. You know, I feel like a, a lot of times we're just we're waiting for for visitors to come and, and honestly, nine times out of 10, the visitors have come from another church. Like you're already saved and they just got tired of the church they were at. And so they're going to another church and kind of making rounds. But you know, we, we've got to go out to where the people are. We've got to go out and, and the Bible says to compel them to come. And he wasn't, you know, I, I can't remember exactly where that's at. I'll have to look it up later, but, um, it's not talking about compelling people to come to church. It's talking about compelling them to come into the light and to come into the truth that's offered through the salvation of Jesus Christ, you know. And I, in the blog, I, I mentioned that I had this dream where I was—I I think I was being raptured, but it couldn't have been the rapture because I was the only one. Unless I'm just like so super saved, it's just gonna be me. But no, it wasn't because I remember—I'm <laughs> sorry, this is a tangent—but I remember I would um, wake up and my mom, like, my, maybe my mom was outside or something, or or maybe she, you know, went to the car and did something. And I would think that uh, the rapture happened because like she didn't like leave a note or nothing. I was like, and I wasn't saved. So I knew I was going to get left, but I knew about the rapture. And I remember thinking like, oh no, like did did, did the rapture happen and I didn't get a chance to get my life right? (laughs) So in this dream, like I, I think I was like being raptured. I'm going to heaven or something, but I began to float off of the earth. Like I was standing on the earth and I started floating up. And then I got into like, low earth orbit which is you know right above right above the clouds and all that stuff and then i got higher higher i could still see the earth and then i got into deep space and i remember thinking like i don't have on any type of protective gear like space is a vacuum something i my head's about to explode but you know <laughs> i i think at this point i also realized i was probably in a dream but then i, I was like i must be on my way to heaven but when I looked around, I, I was completely alone. Like nobody else was coming. So I don't know, maybe maybe I died in the dream and then I was going I don't I don't know all that. And I'm not I'm not super big into like putting too much into dreams. But I also do know that God communicates through dreams. He did it in the Bible, and he's he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So I really as I as I began to think about that dream as I woke up, it made me think like how many of us are going to heaven alone? Like are are we sure our our families are coming? our coworkers, our friends and our neighbors, you know, I, I have a lot of friends who aren't saved and they're not going to be in heaven, like point blank period. And, and for me, like they're close enough friends to me that it makes me cry when I think of it. Like, and, and I've shared the gospel with all of them. I, i I'm very vocal about my faith. And, um, you know, so it's, I, I know that I've, I'm, I've planted a seed, um, but I want to see them in heaven. You know, and I, and it does, it makes me cry when I think about people who are really, really close to me and, um, because they either, they don't, they don't believe in Jesus or maybe they don't understand or whatever. They're just really just their eyes haven't been opened yet. Um, you know, they won't be there, you know, and I feel like that's the the mentality we have to have when we think about everything that we do, um, us individually and, and us as the body of Christ you know and and i think one reason that this has kind of fallen a little bit to the background is that as the church like when we want people to come to Christ we, we're not you know telling them we want, you need to come to Jesus and and get saved so you can go out and make other disciples we're telling like the the a very common message is come to Jesus and you're going to get everything you ever wanted he's going to bless you you're going to have a nice car you're going to have a nice couch uh, a nice house. You can go on vacations. You're gonna do all this stuff because God's just gonna open the windows of heaven, and He is going to just pour out blessings. Just come to our church and and come to all the stuff we're doing, and we're gonna show you how to do this. We're gonna show you how to get you know your your life right so you can have everything you want. And, and I and I definitely I do believe that we're supposed to be abundant and we're supposed to be prosperous. But when you look at Second Corinthians nine eight, it says um, we like to look at the first part of this scripture, but we forget you know, the, the last part, it says, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. God wants to give us this abundance so that we're supplied for every good work. And, and what is every good work? Every good work is is the work that he commissioned us to do, the great commission to go and make. You know, it's very hard to focus on, um, the well-being of someone else when when your well-being isn't taken care of. You know, that's why they say when you're on the airplane, like if the mask dropped down, put your mask on first and then put the mask on a, a child because you, you've got to be doing well to make to help other people be able to do well. And, and this verse is saying that God wants to bless us. He wants to give us everything that we need so that we have the basic things that we need. And I'm not saying we can't have nice things either, but, but that's not the, the point of it. He wants to bless us with everything that we need so that we can be, that our mind doesn't have to be on these things. Matthew six thirty three says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. When we seek his kingdom, we're going to seek the things that he cares about. And that's people coming to repentance. And I'm going to wrap it up because I can talk forever. You guys know that. But you know, during, I, but before coronavirus, you know, I remember Jehovah's Witnesses used to come out on on whatever day of the week they would come out, um, and knock on the door and they want to talk to you about their message. Um, and while I don't, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a Jehovah's witness and, um, I definitely think there's some things there. Like, I don't know everything about what they believe, but I know there's some things in there that don't really line up with what the Bible teaches. But one thing that I admire about Jehovah's witnesses, uh, Mormons, they're gonna come to your house and they're gonna offer, um, to share the gospel message with you. Their well, their version of the gospel message. You know, I I um I have a lot of friends that are Mormon and um I remember some Mormon gentlemen coming to my door and when I tell you like they weren't ashamed, they knocked on that door and they opened the door. They weren't like, "Hey, you know, how are you doing?" No small talk. They, uh they opened the door and they're like, good morning. Do you have a few minutes where we can share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you? Like they went straight to it. <laughs> like there was no small talk. There was no, you know, how's the weather? No, you know, do you, are you busy? They went straight. Good morning. Can we, do you have a moment where we can share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you? And I just found that so interesting. And you know, once coronavirus started, you know, nobody knocks on the door anymore, hardly because <laughs> they know people aren't coming. But um I started getting letters in the mail from local members of the Jehovah's Witness church like handwritten letters not a form letter like somebody sat down they wrote my name you know you all every you know neighborhood stuff that's all public record they wrote my name down and they said hey Jasmine we hope that you're doing well during the coronavirus we hope that you're staying safe blah 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 like I mean a full page old school handwritten letter um I just want to you know, offer my services available. If you need somebody to pray for you, I'm available. You can call me at this. No- like they put their phone number up in there, everything. Sign their name at the bottom. Um, of course they put a little track in there, but like, they're like, you know, we can't knock, we can't knock on your door, but we're going to, we're going to get, <laughs> we're going to get into your house. And I, I, I admire the boldness and I admire the, um, persistence of, you know, uh, of the, of their method of evangelism, which, you know, is, typically is door knocking. And now it's like, okay, we're going to write you a letter if we can't come knock on your door. And I feel like as Christians with the true message of salvation, that, that, that salvation is given just through grace and faith alone, we should be knocking down doors to just get people, um, get this message to people. And I'm I'm not talking about literally knocking, knocking on doors, but it should be something that's so important to us, um, that, that it, we base all our other decisions around it, you know, like, okay, well, we're going to have XYZ event at our church. Okay. Well, what's the goal of this event? Um, are we, are we trying to, um, give out backpacks just so, you know, the kids at our church have backpacks or are we, do we want to promote this? So kids from the community can come and people who, who maybe don't go to church can come and be able to hear a message and be blessed, you know? So it's like, we, we, we really have to make sure that, um, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is what is our motivation and the things that we do, the things that we teach, the things that we, um, the way we go about our day, like now just talking individually, you know, I'm I'm always looking for an opportunity to share the love of Christ with someone and, and, and hopefully that be able to open the door for me to be able to, to share the gospel with them. Um, and that's something that we can all do. You know, I, I've heard churches do campaigns like each one reach one. Um, like what would happen if everybody, you know, let's say my church, it's maybe a hundred members or so. What if every one of those members, you know, reached one person for Christ this year, you know, and now we're at, you know, we've got two, 200 people going strong for Jesus. And then the next year we reach, everybody reached one person again. You know, we think that we have to do these big grand things when it could be as simple as asking the cashier at pick and save tomorrow you know, can I pray for you for something? So, you know, we don't have to, you know, rearrange our entire life to, to live out the will of God. We just have to be consistent and persistent in the small things. So just be encouraged that um, God, he's equipped you with everything that you need. So you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be nervous, um, but he's equipped you with everything that you need to be able to go and make disciples for the benefit of the kingdom of God. That's all I got for you guys because it is going to end up being too long of an episode. Um, But I will see you next week. You guys be safe and have a great one. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Seeking God, Loving Others. You can read more inspiration and join our email list at jasminelozano.com. And don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. While you're there, you can leave a rating and review to help others find the podcast. Be sure to tune in every Monday for new episodes and a great way to start the week. Thanks again for listening. And remember, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. God is on your side.